Kanye publicly denounces his daughter Northwest's TikTok, Facebook hits rock bottom, and an honest chat about Instagram boundaries. We're Jasmine and Maggie, and you're listening to Culture Club, a weekly chat about pop culture, current affairs, the internet, and our lives. We acknowledge that the Wurundjeri Woiwurrung and Bidjigal people are the traditional custodians of this land we are on today. We would like to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. We'd also like to celebrate their rich history of culture and storytelling that we can all learn from. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Maggie the first person down from culture club sorry to hear that you have covid man down man down and yeah so sorry to break our covid free streak (laughs) but this week yeah i caught covid um and you know it's about like day three or four for me and i'm doing pretty well thankfully so that's why we're recording today um felt like i could have a chat anyway so yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. The power of vaccines though. Yeah, super, super happy that I'm double vaxxed. I've got my booster shot um scheduled soon for this month as well. Um, mm-hmm. but oh my gosh, thank goodness. Thank you, vaccine, for keeping me okay. Mm-hmm. I'm really lucky I've got mild symptoms, but like a few of my friends at the moment also have it and their symptoms aren't mild and they're struggling quite poorly. So yeah, it really sucks. It really, really mm-hmm. does. That's a scary thing I think is like you don't know how it will affect you personally and it seems to be quite random. Like it doesn't matter if you're super fit or not or what you eat like or if you double vax, like, yeah, your symptoms can be the mild or strong depending on don't even know what. It's like so random. And I caught it on Lunar New Year. So that's (laughs) probably not good luck. Probably not good luck but – it is what it is, year of the tiger. Come mm-hmm. at me. Yes. Well, we went two years, so I think that's a good achievement. And Thank you. hope you feel better soon. Um, I have a question for you though. Mm. Is my husky voice sexy? Oh, so <laughs> sexy. It's like the episode in Friends where Phoebe like yeah. says she has a sexy voice, a sexy singing voice because she's sick and then she spends the whole like rest of the episode trying to get sick again to keep it. You're going to have like <laughs> a husky podcast voice. Oh my goodness. That is what I am channeling. Okay, we have to start the podcast episode off with the big news of the most genetically blessed baby in the world. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky are, of course, having a little baby. We all saw the pictures this week. They went totally viral. It was so chic, a kind of in the streets of New York, middle of winter vibe. That coat, hot pink coat with the jewels, stunning, stunning, stunning. Also, just a few months ago, we had an episode where we were like, stop assuming Rihanna's (laughs) pregnant, like leave her be and she ended up being but like still now she kind of um she announced it on her own terms rather than when it was the Barbados ceremony and people just like assumed and kind of told her news for her I'm glad that she like downplayed the rumors and then was like anyway I am pregnant (laughs) (laughs) she literally lied with her whole chest but like 
that's good on her you know mm. it's her her life her choice but the way she came out so strongly was like i'm not pregnant stop these rumors <laughs> like fair i don't know who to believe ever again in the celebrity sphere but so exciting gotta say though her beautiful chanel hot pink puffer like you said was a hit but everyone was dragging her for her ripped jeans oh. that were dragging on the ground what were your thoughts of those it was giving me like 2006 2007 like emo skaters and like I don't know if you remember like where I remember like late primary school kind of trying to wear my jeans super long so they and they were like dragging the mud and you'd get like wet <laughs> socks it was gross I don't know why it's a trend but I feel like if anyone can get away with it in 2022 it's Rihanna she looks amazing in anything like she can wear whatever she wants completely honestly such a babe um I saw a TikTok that was like do you know that weird filter where it gives you like bloodshot crying eyes um oh yeah vibe and it was just like realizing that you're already born so you won't be Rihanna's baby (laughs) I was saying to a friend like imagine choosing Rihanna as your mom like you've already like killed it in life like that's incredible to be the child of ASAP Rocky and Rihanna and just know that in like 15 years when we're like in our 40s I'm in my 40s mm-hmm. <laughs> there'll be like some really cool like model DJ oh, kid and it'll be like the child of Rihanna and ASAP and we'll be like but- I remember when you were announced and now look at you but babes we just need to backtrack there um do we need to have the sex talk because <laughs> the babies don't choose the mom <laughs> do you do you Excuse what? me, I'm talking spiritually. Spiritually, oh. you choose your parents. My friend got told that, you know, um, that babies are made by like going to the cabbage patch kids and like, you know, parents will be able to like pick a baby oh. out of the toys. So, I mean, fair. <laughs> are you comparing my spirituality to an infant's imagination? <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's actually so sweet what you said. What would Culture Club be without, of course, referencing pop culture's royal family, the Kardashian Wests? Recently, we've chatted about Kanye West and his new girlfriend, Julia Fox, Kim and everyone's fave heartthrob, Pete Davidson, and of course, Penelope Disick and Northwest's super cute TikTok accounts. Now, all three of these things have made the news this weekend after the family drama and famous divorce made its way into the public sphere. And it's pretty sad as well. Things have taken a genuinely quite sad turn of events. So in the divorce between Kim and Kanye West this week, Ye accused his estranged wife of, quote, kidnapping the couple's children and said that his eight-year-old daughter, North, is on TikTok against his father's will. He posted a screenshot of one of North's TikToks on Instagram with the caption in all caps, Since this is my first divorce, I need to know what I should do about my daughter being put on TikTok against my will? That is so, so painful to read, and it makes me feel so, so sad for North. Me too. Also, since this is my first divorce, like the Gemini sass coming out of that, like 
It's so kind of like, I don't know, sarcastic. But yeah, very sad. An hour later, Kim responded with an Instagram story saying, Kanye's constant need for attacking me in interviews and on social media is actually more hurtful than any TikTok North might create. As a parent who is a main provider and caregiver for our children, I am doing my best to protect our daughter while also allowing her to express her creativity in the medium that she wishes with adult supervision because it brings her happiness. Kim continues, Divorce is difficult enough on our children and Kanye's obsession with trying to control and manipulate our situation so negatively and publicly is only causing further pain for all. I wish to handle all matters regarding our children privately and hopefully he can finally respond to the third attorney he has had in the last year to resolve any issues amicably. Calling out the fact that he's had three attorneys in the last year. The shade of it all. I can't believe it. Like she handled that with quite, I mean, her PR team handled that with quite uh, quite a lot of grace and I guess respect. But there's, of course, undertones attacking that, you know, he's not the caregiver here and, you know, he's not responding respectfully to like the attorney's requests, etc. But we all know that um, he's not the main caregiver because he left to go to Wyoming and like live on a farm. That's like public knowledge and there's a kim uh, a kim kardashian there's a episode of keeping up with the kardashians where kim is like i don't want to go live out on a farm in wyoming you should be with someone who wants to live in a farm in wyoming and he like went there for like ages and ages after as they um kind of separated so yeah it's like not it's obvious that the kids live in la with kim Mm. and yeah this feud didn't stop there a few hours later yay kept going he screenshot kim's post and particularly called out the main provider quote saying what do you mean by main provider america saw you try to kidnap my daughter on her birthday by not providing the address you put security on me inside of the house to play with my son then accused me of stealing i had to take a drug test after chicago's party because you accused me of being on drugs Tracy Romulus stopped manipulating Kim to be this way. According to The Sun, Tracy Romulus is a publicist and the current chief financial officer of Kim's brand. So this is Kanye referencing his viral live where he claimed that Kim refused to tell him the address of their daughter Chicago's fourth birthday party back in January. He eventually made it to the party, but sources said that both him and Kim had pre-agreed to host two separate events for Chicago. A source close to the family said that Kim was shocked that he went on live accusing her when it was his idea to begin with to have two separate parties. No one was trying to stop him from coming. So just some context there. After this, he uploaded the TikTok terms and conditions page with the caption, we need Jesus talk. And let me tell you, there is definitely Jesus talk on this. <laughs> Kanye, just look. So that's the latest update. And you and I spoke about these kids being on TikTok just a few weeks ago. But I think now especially, we were kind of speculating on this back when we recorded. But I think now it is clearer that like there is some sort of adult supervision. Mm. And they're such a famous family that you could not just have kids like running around free range like on TikTok potentially destroying the family's brand like there must be like three people I say minimum looking over these videos but still letting the kids like play around like you can see that Penelope and North have so much fun with it like they genuinely just look like kids having fun 
Um, oh, yeah. So, like, what do you think of all of this? Yeah, I mean, with what you just said, like, we know what happens when they don't have adult supervision with Mason Disick, yeah. who has his unhinged lives. <laughs> so, of course, yeah, I think it's quite obvious that there is adult supervision here. I just think with this whole situation, it kind of gives me parallels to the whole Zane and Gigi situation mm. that happened just a few months ago, where there was a fight with Yolanda, Hadid, um, and also, like, you know, Zane and Gigi's baby kind of being pulled into this mix. I think what's massively different here is that this time the babe, the baby, the child, Northwest, is at the center of this. Mm. And, you know, she's the main topic of conversation. But the whole thing with Zane and Gigi, you know, Gigi made it such a thing of not wanting their kid involved and really wanting to protect her. Mm. Yeah, I do really feel for Kim in this instance. Like, and imagine when North gets older and she like reads about these stories and whatever, like he just posted her face with like caps lock caption, yeah. like attacking her mother in front of millions of people. Like I think that is so traumatic and so um, cruel. And especially I think because Kim probably, I think she can hold her own and like it's fine if it's just them. But I think when you bring kids into it, I can see why she – responded like straight away oh yeah completely but also random that yay posted that publicly to his instagram like a screenshot of north's tiktok which would have given it more eyeballs and more people would have gone and followed her and seen her content so true like he didn't wipe out the um the username yeah and people could find that like you know it makes people more interested totally yeah, because now people who are like Kanye fans will be like, what is his kid up to on TikTok? Like, what's all this drama about? So, yeah, I just feel really bad for Kim. As I've said a million times, it must be really hard going through a divorce in the public eye and then having your ex-husband essentially say that you're a bad mom. Um, so, yeah, I also think it's sad because they were considered like end goals and like fairy tale vibes and like soulmates because they've been friends for so long and then they got together after you know Kim broke up with her ex and stuff so it's just really sad I know we're talking about it as like gossipy kind of vibes but like it is fascinating to watch what will unfold Mm. on the topic of the family Kanye has a Netflix documentary coming out titled Genius a Kanye trilogy so it's a three-part film premiered at Sundance Festival Apparently it's been in production for like two decades because they're using all this archive footage kind of showing how he came up. Um, will you be watching this? What do you think about it? No, I won't be watching this. I'm just really honestly not that interested. And it also takes me so long to sit down and watch the documentary. Like I only literally just watched um, Taylor Swift's Miss Americana, which was awesome oh, wow. and I loved it. But I don't know why. I just we're like magnetic. We're like opposite magnets or whatever. <laughs> the STEM girl you say. Miss <laughs> Americana is one of my favorite documentaries. So, so good. It's good. It's so good. Yes. I think I might check it out. Check out the Kanye documentary. I really like his old music and I think he has a fascinating story. So I'll see. We'll see. I'll report back. Might recommend Mm -hmm. it if it's any good. It's no surprise that Facebook has become synonymous with boomers and misinformation 
But just how unpopular it is has been made very clear this past week. Meta, the owner of Facebook, Instagram and WhatsApp, lost $322 billion Australian dollars from its value this week, an almost 27% drop in shares. This also was mirrored by its users because for the first time in its 18-year history, half a million users logged off in the last three months of 2021. So they essentially lost more users than they gained for the first time in history. So this is really big. These numbers are honestly outrageous. If you kind of sit down and actually kind of digest them, um, a lot of publications are like, this is, sorry, it's so weird that we're talking about like the stock market and like Wall Street, (laughs) but apparently this is like one of like the biggest crashes or whatever Wall Street has seen. Um, To kind of paint that like 322 billion AUD value drop, um, it's wild that back in 2012, Facebook bought Instagram for $1 billion US. Like, well, that's nothing. That's like nothing now. Wait, so a billion dollars for Instagram in 2012. Yes. Wow. And so they lost 300% basically. Probably, yeah. That's what they were about. Cannot confirm or deny that specific one, but hectic. And for the first time, Meta slash Facebook actually acknowledged that TikTok is competition. So we've all been saying it for the last like two years, but Mark Zuckerberg finally acknowledged it saying, we face a competitor in TikTok that is a lot bigger. So it will take a while to compound and catch up there. This was on a conference call with analysts. Interesting. Interesting. So obviously Meta owns Facebook and Instagram and it was quite obvious from the outside that Facebook was dwindling and losing relevance. But can we say the same for Instagram? Um, We dug deeper, we investigated (laughs) and um, what we found was that it is kind of hard to put figures on this because Meta doesn't really share that much usage data for Instagram as much as Facebook. But according to a forecaster reported by Reuters, they don't think Instagram will lose users in the next three years, but they do think that its growth in followers will slow down. Yeah. So like things like photo dumps, casual Instagram, the blurry photos have all become really popular in the past couple of years. And I feel like it's really ramped up the last like six months. But this casual approach to Instagram is anything but in our opinion, because usually it's just as if not more performative than traditionally filtered and perfect Instagram feed photos completely I feel like we've had elements of this conversation before but we all know how (laughs) how much thought goes into every single aspect of Instagram even if you only take one quick photo you know you're still choosing to photograph an item you're still choosing to upload it whether or not it has a caption etc there's so many different elements of thought behind this I love this piece for ID magazine by Laura Pitcher which is called casual Instagram has killed the finster. As the app enters its flop era and uses pivot to the close friends filter or TikTok, once popular finster accounts are falling off. So we actually have the lovely Laura here to read out a bit of her piece. So here's a snippet. As Instagram enters its flop era, is having a finster dead too? Or has a new kind of casual Instagram taken its place? By posting finster-worthy photos onto our main feed, we're attempting to show that we don't care about Instagram. But the act of not caring also takes a lot of effort, from curating large photo dumps to leading an aesthetic lifestyle. 
With new platforms like TikTok taking over and features like close friends on the rise, it seems it's not casual Instagram that's killed the Finster, but the pure convenience of having only one account has just blurred the two together. However, much like having a Finster, we shouldn't conflate casual posts with a lack of curation. The millennial aesthetic might be over, but the rise in blurry posts is just a new aesthetic to live up to. The Finster may be dead, but its roots, performative authenticity, are still being reincarnated across all platforms, for better or worse. Oh my god, I just had a hot take. <gasps> What's your hot take? Oh my god, so I, I personally don't have a Finster, but from what I have watched among peers, right, Finsters are usually collections of pre-pandemic days, like, you know, wild nights out, party photos, kind of like awkward, embarrassing selfies with friends, all that. That is like early Facebook albums. Oh, yeah. Like Indie Sleaze enters the Instagram era vibes. So true, except you, that's just for your close friends. Whereas like Facebook, exactly. you could like put up 200 photos of a night out <laughs> for like hundreds of your Facebook friends to see. Like your mom and your boss. <laughs> just totally unhinged behavior. Yeah, and maybe the fencer was here to kind of add a bit more security and privacy as we like realize that maybe everything shouldn't be overly shared online but I don't know is that kind of behavior just following into our casual Instagram like photo dumps now like do people care less are they just wanting to show off their night outs post post or slash current pandemic days you know what I mean like Mm. Well, I would love to hear your thoughts on this because you've posted two things just in this week that got me thinking about this topic. So the first was a feed post where you kind of uh, share very vulnerably that you are feeling very lost at the moment and like you thought you'd have it all figured out by now Um, and your birthday's coming up and like very, very beautiful words. And it seemed like a lot of people resonated with that and the fact that in your caption you also say that like, Instagram isn't really bringing you as much happiness and joy as it previously did. And then like a day or two later, you also posted on your Instagram story saying that it was very vulnerable to share like that. And no one really kind of shares that authentically anymore. People I feel like are keeping their cards quite close to the chest and like Instagram is very aesthetic, but people aren't sharing in the way they once did and you kind of say that that helped your teenage self like how was that kind of being more vulnerable online again and how are you feeling about the platform yeah so it's interesting I feel like in conversations like this we personally bring up Flex Mommy as a good example because she speaks really openly about how relatability and being vulnerable online is um, like cultural capital it gives you like clicks and engagement like we can't look past that um but this felt really different because I had sitting down in my like bedroom on my notes app writing this like personal thing where I was like, oh, I'm going to do a caption. And then I started writing and I was like, oh, maybe I shouldn't share this. Mm. And then I did. And like I remember I think I posted it after a shower or something and I like threw away my phone because <laughs> like, mm-hmm. I didn't – I was like really nervous about how it was going to be received. And that's I think quite different to when you're maybe posting like a hot take that you think is going to perform well online or whatever it is. So it was weird. And I think like you mentioned, Instagram doesn't bring me the same enjoyment as it used to I feel like the way I consume it and use it has just changed that's Mm. why um and yeah I don't know it was quite nice being open and like actually having like 
more real quote unquote like real conversations with people Mm. it felt like how I used to really enjoy the internet back back in the day as well a lot of conversations with strangers which was dangerous (laughs) (laughs) no but I when I saw it I was like oh wow that's so vulnerable and yeah like I said no one really is doing that anymore and I know that I have definitely stopped sharing as much as I used to because I did just want to start keeping some things to myself but like it it I think because of the rise of casual Instagram and photo dumps very aesthetic um aesthetic aesthetics lol that (laughs) starting like putting a whole heart out there kind of starts to feel a bit phony and cringy as well Mm. it's such a weird it's such a weird ecosystem online because it's like we all go through these like trends that are so subtle and they like change over the years, like kind of like pop culture trends. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I just find it so interesting. Yeah. I actually want to ask you about this as well, because in recent months you have been using the good old close friends um, function a bit more on Instagram. Why is that? Um, actually, also this week for the first time, like I think ever in Instagram of having an account I made my account private as well oh yeah I don't know why I just I just did it one night I felt really overwhelmed by thinking about people looking at my profile and I think I've got like nearly 3,000 followers now and even that I was like gosh and I only post on the feed like once every month or something at the moment um yeah, and then I just felt like I still wanted to share things. I still want to share things with my friends. Um, but then you think about – I think about my Instagram followers and there's, like, my our boss, like, <laughs> our boss, our editors, people from all over the media industry, but then also people from high school, um, mm. friends that I lived with in London, like, seven years ago, uh, high, like, university friends, like, all this mishmash of, pe- of people following us that I think like I just don't know who I am at the moment. I feel like it's the same thing with you that like you posted on your main feed is like I feel personally quite lost. I don't know who I want to present myself to the world as anymore as I'm like getting further into my 20s. So I'm kind of like I just want to not post at all mm. because people will remember you in different ways and then it's so weird to be like, okay, so this person knew me when I was 17 so they're going to think of me in this way but I'm not that person anymore, but they're still kind of perceiving me as that person. And it's just such like a mind fuck to me. So yeah, I've been using the close friends a lot recently and it's been so cathartic because it's really is my close friends. Um, Mm. I think I have like 19 people on there and I know that they support me and I can post whatever I want. Um, it doesn't have to be aesthetic. I don't know if you've noticed, like it's just kind of like random pictures. Like I'm kind of using it as like a photo album. Um, but going back to Flex Mommy, it's interesting. Like she has actually made a whole business out of the close friends tab. Like she also mm-hmm. got tired of like people kind of um, using her for her content, I guess, using her as like a, a website. And so she kind of monetized it. That's fascinating yeah. as well. 
even podcasters um, after a drink have recently done that with their Patreon tier. It gives you access to their close friends content. And um, even there's <laughs> just to add to this conversation as well, there's a new social media platform called Sunroom that just launched this week, which kind of falls into the category of like a TikTok slash OnlyFans where creators are monetized for their content. So I do think there's a rise in this monetization side, but on the flip side, like users and creators are being are getting fatigued from this. I think what stood out to me with what you were just talking about then was like, you know, you don't know what type of identity you want to present mm. online when you are feeling lost, right? And I think you're so right because usually we can be a bit lost and just float around a bit and not, I guess, like label anything or whatever. But with the internet, it feels like, no, you have to present mm. something, right? Totally. And I also think it's, I'm very grateful at the moment because I have a full-time job now. If listeners don't know, I work at Pedestrian Group um, alongside Maggie, but um, I've had that job for like three months and previously I was freelance. So I was like my own brand and I was like, I had Mm. to post online and I had to post about what I was doing and what I was working on and post my work because the more I got seen, the more work I'd get. Whereas now I have the privilege of like, I know that once a month I'm going to get a paycheck and I have a stable job. So I don't need to kind of present that like work identity anymore, Um, which is such a relief. I don't know. I'm really enjoying, it's not a break. Like I'm not fully off social media, but I'm really enjoying the, um, it's like quiet. It's nice. I would love to know if like any of um, Culture Club listeners are also going through a similar thing at the moment with like the, the change of, um just Instagram like are you going more to TikTok like I've been posting both of us actually have been posting more on TikTok Mm. but in saying that I feel like TikTok is a little bit removed I think it's maybe because they don't have as many followers oh (laughs) I would agree with you but also I know this is getting quite long but we love it um that that's how I felt until like one of my TikToks did really well last week and now I'm like oh my god I've got to post and I have been and it's all fun but there's that same pressure and I'm like ultimately is it even that different to Instagram like we kind of peg it as this like oh it's cool because it's less serious and it's funny and like anyone can perform well in the algorithm but I'm like at the end of the day like it's still you know you're showing off snippets of your personality you do want people to look at your content you do want Mm. it to perform in some like to some extent I'm keeping an eye on it personally because I like I'm like yeah who knows yeah I don't believe that it's like a full-on um fix or do, uh, like the opposite of Instagram I think there's definitely elements that are very aspirational um but yeah I just think that for the first time in my life I don't like I don't know what the future of social media is and it feels like a really yeah. big shift is happening and I don't know if that's away from social media altogether or just towards TikTok I've seen so many TikToks of people being like I deleted my Instagram and I feel so free but then it's like, but now you're just spending a lot of time on TikTok. <laughs> so I don't know. It's such a weird conundrum. Oh, my God. You are so right. Like, who knows what will be, even in five years. Like, well, so soon, but who knows. Yay, it's time for recommendations. Was there something that you watched or listened to or read this week, Jazz, that you loved and want to share? This week, I'm recommending an Adam Sandler movie. Just the classic. No, you're not. Classics only. There's no clever essays or interesting podcasts this week. It's literally smooth brain vibes only. Because the only thing I watched, aside from Euphoria this week, was a 2002 American comedy 
called Mr. Deeds and it is starring the one and only Mr. Adam Sandler. Have you heard of it? Oh my God, wait. I don't know if I have or not because I feel like some of his movies, they all exist in the same universe. Yeah. So I'm like, have I? I couldn't tell you. (laughs) Tell me about what it's about. They're all very similar. So this is a story about a man named Longfellow Deeds who lives in a small town in America. He owns a pizza shop and he loves writing greeting cards and he's trying to get a greeting card sold to Hallmark. But he's just like a very sweet, wholesome, small town guy, lovely to his community. People really respect him. Anyway, one day two media CEOs arrive in town, one of whom is played by our fave Sandy (gasps) Cohen, a.k.a. Peter Gallagher. Right? So... These two CEOs tell Mr. Deeds that he is the rightful heir to $40 billion left by his great uncle, the CEO of a Murdoch-esque media company. So he gets on a plane to New York, arrives in the big smoke, and he's very innocent and naive and sweet. And our other fave, Winona Ryder, is a tabloid journalist who's looking for her big break. She pretends to be a sweet, innocent, like school nurse, small town gal, dyes her hair blonde, to go on a date with Mr. Deeds and then get her big scoop. So it is a super, super sweet film. It's just so heartwarming. It's funny. Some jokes are a tad outdated, I'd say. But, like, overall, it's just a lovely escape from reality. Um, It's just so heartwarming. And, like, it is one of those, like, American classics that's, like, everything's set up in a neat little bit at the end and, like, oh. Um... But I think that's what's so great about it. It's actually a remake of the 1936 film Mr. D Goes to Town, which in turn is based on the 1935 (laughs) short story Opera Hat by Clarence Buddington Kelland. And it is available on Netflix Australia. So go watch it if you want to like escape and not think about anything too deeply and see Winona Ryder and Sandy Cohen. Love you, Sandy. Oh, my God. Okay, I'm definitely watching that this week. But it's giving me like if – Adam Sandler was in succession. <laughs> I know when I was thinking about this recommendation, I was like, oh, another kind of like media corporation company <laughs> recommendation. No, this sounds so cute. And aside from that, I'm still working my way slowly through Euphoria. I am up to season two. You'll be happy to know. Just finished Hooray. episode one. So uh, can I watch three tonight to catch up for tomorrow? We'll see. Probably not, but I'm keen <laughs> for when you get up today and we can, you know, chat about it. And what do you recommend this week? Yeah, so in my COVID in my COVID bubble here in my little bedroom, I actually haven't been binging as much as I thought I would be so far anyway. But one thing that I did watch, I think just yesterday, so I watched a whole series in one day that is unlike me, but it's a series on binge created by Mindy Kaling and it is called The Sex Lives of College Girls. Um, this I think came out last year and it is about four roommates who navigate their first year of college on the prestigious campus of Essex College. Um, it is like such a good lighthearted watch, like exactly what I needed. Like last night, it's, you know, there's only 10 episodes, they're about 30 minutes each or under. And, um, it's just really quite fun and funny. It's nothing groundbreaking for sure, but definitely like a nice rom-com sitcom vibes to watch oh my god I have said vibes so many (laughs) times I promise I'm gonna like throw that out of my vocab next week 
a little bit more about the show though like the four characters that it follows all come from super different backgrounds one is this like really rich white blonde private school girl with a secret Um, another is a daughter of a famous black senator who plays soccer also with a secret (laughs) 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 I was recognizing a pattern right now but and another one is a South Asian sexually repressed like wannabe comedian and the other one is this like small town poor nerd which sounds terrible when I say it like that but yeah it's it's really cute it's it's a really cute I guess more inclusive um take on the typical like oh like girl group friend Mm. thing I've heard good reviews about this do you know like when it came out it's a couple years ago right no I think it came out like last year um yeah, very cool that Mindy made this show. Um, and, yeah, I feel like it hasn't been talked about too much. Oh, my God, it only came out in November last year. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, I'll definitely get onto that, I think. It sounds really great. Is it not too – it's not too high school because I know that sometimes American shows can kind of uh, – sometimes I feel like they can make college girls seem like they're in high school. Oh you know my. what I mean? I don't think – yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't think so. I, I really do enjoy it, though. I did enjoy it. It was quite funny. I like laughed out loud a few times and it's yeah, like a cool. good like good easy watch. Nice. All right. With those two lighthearted recommendations, you should go rest your voice. <laughs> Thank you for powering through an episode of College Class who don't take a sick day. Lol that two weeks ago we were like, we were both sick, but it wasn't COVID, yay. And it's like two weeks later. <laughs> I know, I know. No, thank you so much again. I'll be logging off and watching a J-Lo movie, Monster-in-Law. So good. J-Lo, <laughs> so Jane Fonda, fun. classic. Incredible. Yeah, I love how I left out Jane Fonda in that, but that's fine. J-Lo's the best. <laughs> um, but anyway, listeners, thank you again for tuning in. Um, we love you lots and we hope that you're keeping well. See you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.